Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into Hotel Room. Yes, the mysterious David Lynch HBO series that kind of happened, but never really happened to its full potential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very much uh, felt like it was very contained in its own three episode universe. And every time we like the opening shot to each episode was the like the elevator, uh-huh. on, like the the number thing, like the old fashioned Art Deco thing. And I was uh-huh. I just always thought of like uh, Haunted Mansion at Disney. Me too. <laughs> so we're now entering the Twilight Zone. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is like one of those. I, I bet we probably will not have that many listens to this episode because you cannot find this anywhere unless mm-hmm. we... I got it from a DVD from this site called Revoke and mm. found a couple of other interesting things on there, <laughs> which we'll probably cover <laughs> in the future. But it's like, I think, some sort of a VHS, rec- like a recording of a VHS mm. from oh, Japan wow. or something. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great quality. <laughs> I say it was pretty grainy. I remember um the the first episode it had um oh gosh, what's her name? Um Glenn Glenn Headley. Yes. <laughs> when she came on screen because it was so grainy, I was like, is that Jean Smart? But no. <laughs> it's the other blonde woman, Glenn Headley. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, you're so familiar. And I had to look her up and but mm-hmm. I funny. think she was from when I was a kid, so I don't yeah. really have any frame of reference for her just like i know i know you from things yeah yeah she's been in a bunch of things so do you remember your first time watching it yeah it was a week ago oh okay (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i was like she's watched this before (laughs) i don't know why i had that in my head i mean i suppose that there is a remote possibility that i saw it on hbo Mm -hmm. but i have zero memory of it so Mm. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was your first impression from a week ago? <laughs> well, each story had a different impression, but I'd say overall it seemed like a cool concept that yeah. could have really been really cool and I think has inspired, well, I don't know if it's specifically inspired, but that kind of storytelling mm-hmm. has become very popular. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. Like, uh, I mean, I guess it was kind of popular at the time, like the Twilight Zone or something like that. I don't know how much of that was like specific directors, but I yeah. like the concept of it. And yeah, it was really weird, though. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like the two David Lynch ones felt Lynch, but yes. they felt like very specific, different kinds of Lynch. And mm-hmm. yeah, the one in the middle was something (laughs) (laughs) it was an episode of television (laughs) i liked how short they were though (laughs) yes although the last one i for some reason i was thinking they were all about 30 minutes and so i was watching the last one which is 47 minutes and i was like why is this one so long (laughs) let's just figure it out Um, david lynch really kind of was uh, like in the forefront of you know, he was like, things should be as long as I want them to be. <laughs> nowadays, kind That's of everyone. directors are allowed to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, in the right situation, I would be totally fine with. Yeah. I feel like it would work for HBO, but back in the day, mm-hmm. they definitely had, like, specific blocks of time. So, like, right. you know, it could still work. They would just have to start their movie at, like, 7.45 instead of 7.30. Oh, those weird movie times. <laughs> <laughs> Or the Red Shoe Diaries or whatever the heck used to come on <laughs> late night HBO <laughs> Texas Cab Confessions. Oh, God. <laughs> well, what was your first impression? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I uh, I kind of, like you, I didn't necessarily, I think the my least favorite was probably the second episode. I, re- I liked the first episode the most, I think, out of the three. Oh. But I, like, you know, I kind of, it felt a little bit like, it was missing something like it was a little bit like kind of stagnant like very like a little boring to me yeah it just felt yeah. like and, and I felt like the, especially the way it was shot I was like oh these feel like they should be like one acts on stage exactly yet another 
thing that should be a play. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and I feel like they were almost shot like plays in a way. Well, it's one room, so you really yeah. can't do much more. I mean, that's the quintessential a sign that what you're watching started as a play is right. it all takes place in the same room and it's a lot of dialogue <laughs> right 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 that's what it felt like to me so i was i was wondering the whole time i was like i wonder if these would kind of be a little more impactful like on stage if i was seeing actors and i felt like on stage you have more room to kind of like use the whole stage while they're on camera you have to kind of stay in the frame so yeah. well i think we're going to cover after this is it room 107, which is think so. almost the exact same setup of a story, I believe. Yeah, it all I think takes so. place in one room. I don't know if it's all different time periods like this, but I'm interested to see if it has the same issues. Like, yeah, I, I have I've never seen it, so I don't know if it actually all takes place in the same room or not. But I think it I think it's like the same concept where there's like there's one room and stuff happens in this room and it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I would say it's hotel room great concept Mm -hmm. i think if it had had a better first episode or like you know a better couple Mm -hmm. first like a grabby moment yeah like if there had been like a real strong idea for one specific episode i like the third one the best but also i found it to be the most difficult because it was so dark and i was like (laughs) yes i don't know yeah that one felt the most like a play (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, that the darkness of it really was like a little. Um... It's like it's the glass menagerie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just like you know, I was like, are we gonna get like real darkness? Or are we gonna get like, oh, it's you know, the blackout, but the moon is so bright and. No, it was just nope. dark. It was very <laughs> dark. Lynch. I wanted someone to yeah. like, turn on a flashlight, point it their faces. Uh, when the lights yeah. finally came back, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> I was like, my eyes, my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm definitely interested to talk about them because Me too. there's definitely stuff there to talk about oh for sure i mean you've got like really great people in these episodes yeah, too yeah. so it's like there's definitely like there was definitely something there yeah and they're very conceptual so Well, should we get into some notes? Yes, let's get into some notes. Okie dokie. Okay, so I'm thinking I might just go episode by episode for the notes, since they're kind of okay. small casts and they're all kind of separate. So for episode one, it's titled Tricks, and all episodes were released on January 8th, 1993. Ah. So they're all released probably back to back, I think. Okay. And then this one was directed by David Lynch, and it was written by Barry Gifford. Who wrote Wild at Heart and... Lost Highway. Lost Highway. <laughs> <laughs> like, was the first thing I saw. I was like... That, the road that movies. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so he wrote it, directed by David Lynch. And I will say that the Hotel Room like show was conceived by David Lynch and Monty Montgomery. So it was both of them together. And is he the one who did the second episode? I believe so, yes. Okay. Then for our cast, we have Glenn Headley as Darlene, Freddie Jones as Lou Boca, <laughs> who is a, I, I didn't recognize him, but as another, <laughs> I, I was like calling him one of David Lynch's muses because he's been in Dune, <laughs> he's been in uh, uh, mm, was, mm, uh, mm, Elephant Man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, he was uh, the bad guy. Yes. <laughs> and yeah that episode well we'll get into it i was yeah yeah and then harry dean stanton as mo Woo! clark heathcliff brawley as true the bellboy david lynch <laughs> harry dean said yeah <laughs> he was really good camilla overby ruse as the maid and then john solari as cop number one and carl sundstrom as cop number two now was the maid the same in all of them yes the okay. maid and the bellboy they're out of time. <laughs> yes. This room is so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's episode one. Episode two is called Getting Rid of Robert. And that was, oh, no, wait, I was wrong. It was directed by James Signorelli. Ah, but who wrote it? The writer was Jay McInerney. McCurney? McCurney. <laughs> Jay McCurney. Oh, he... so no Montgomery. No. But I'm <laughs> I'm looking through his uh 
Oh, he was on Gossip Girl. I wonder if I know him. But he is known, most known for writing the movie Gia, which is, I think, that Angelina Jolie movie that was done on How to Just Get Made. So <laughs> <laughs> no shade, but I think it does kind of fit into this episode. But James Signorelli directed it. And then our cast list, we have Griffin Dunn as Robert. Deborah Kara Unger. Why is as, he first? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, he's like barely in it. Deborah Kara Unger as Sasha. Uh, Mariska Hargitay as Tina. I was like so shocked to see her. And I feel like she was, I don't know. I, don't know, I feel like I'm biased maybe because I really like her, but I feel like she was the best in the scene. She was so magnetic. <laughs> was she Tina? Yes. Oh, wait, who was she? Okay. Yeah, she was the, the friend that came in with the other friend. Right. The flirty one. Yes. Um, and we had Chelsea Field as Diane. And then the Maiden the Bellboy, the same two characters from the last one. Okay. And for our third episode, we have, it's titled Blackout. And that one was also directed by David Lynch. And it was written by Barry Gifford. So basically the same right. people from the first one. Okay. And this cast is very small. It was Crispin Glover as Danny. Alicia Wayat as Diane. And Clark Heathcliff Broly as the bad boy. Yeah. Did Angelo Badalamenti do the music for getting rid of Robert as well? Um, I believe so. Yeah. I think he did the whole thing. Okay. Which I was like, so like the minute I heard like the symbol, I was like, that's definitely him. And then I don't know who did the sound design, but the train whistle, every time I hear it, I think of David Lynch. Oh, of course. Now I just think of like rabbits when I hear the right. <laughs> Train whistles and thunderstorms is rabbits. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's. Is that it? Yeah, is there it? weren't any like interesting facts or anything I could find. Yeah. Okay, because I feel like I looked at the Wikipedia. I think I was just thinking it just talks about Room One Hundred and Seven and some other show being like shows like this. <laughs> Like spiritual successor. I guess. I don't know if it said that it actually was in any way influenced by it, but. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let's just go ahead and get into the recap then. Let's do it. All right. So we start out with some Angelo Bad Elementi music. <laughs> there's lightning. There's a David Lynch voiceover. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like black and white. It looks very promising. Very David Lynchian. <laughs> yes, definitely. Which is funny that it started off in black and white. And I was like, is this because it's this one is in the past? But this one is like 1969. And yeah, I think it might have just been because of the way that it was um, transferred over onto the... I mean, maybe it was just black and white. I don't know, but... I don't think so. I think it was always in color. Okay, because so. just the opening credits, the first episode seemed... They were black and white, so I don't know. Maybe he was... Because they just feel very Twilight zone so I don't know if maybe he was, like, sort of referencing Twilight Zone or kind of pulling that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. So I think this is a hotel room in front of a train station. Am I, not, am I correct in this? It, yeah, I would think so. Okay, yeah. Okay, so basically the premise all takes place in the same hotel room, different time periods. Yes. So we start off 1969 with tricks. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all in room 603. So, okay. We start off with Harry Dean Stanton, who plays Mm -hmm. Mo. Mo. And he comes into the hotel room with Glenn Headley playing Darling. Mm-hmm. And it's very David Lynch, like the language. He's ordering some bourbon mm-hmm. and some chimneys. <laughs> and the lady doesn't even understand what he means by chimneys. And he's like, big enough, you know, that chimney, chimney. glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess you pretty much assume from the beginning the way like they're interacting and the way he's treating her. Not that he's treating her badly, but just like, like he doesn't know her. But like, yeah, you know, I think he calls her. He calls her by the wrong name, too. I think he calls her Arlene. Uh-huh. And it's very and much in that. Nervous. Yeah, and very much in that David Lynch kind of way. She was like, it's Darlene. And then silence. <laughs> <laughs> her name is Arlene, and it is Ness. Don't go any further with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, soon you'll know that reference. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm file that away. Yeah. So, okay, so she pulls out a joint. He seems very nervous. The drinks come. He downs it. 
And then she says that she wants to get paid, mm-hmm. which he does. And then this one reminds, okay, <laughs> before we get it, so I was going to say, I did with Twin Peaks Unwrapped, I was one of the voice actors for, they did an episode on Ronnie Rocket. Okay. And someday I'm going to use their episode so we can cover <laughs> Ronnie Rocket because it's just one of those things we've talked about on the podcast kind of mm-hmm. and it was never made but you know it's just kind of like a thing people talk about mm-hmm. <laughs> with David Lynch like a mystery thing but after doing the voice casting I got to read basically the script and this for some reason really puts me in the mind of Ronnie Rocket because it's just mm. so bizarre <laughs> such <a> weird <laughs> characters you don't know what is happening and it's like yeah okay <laughs> yeah there's a lot of like uh innuendo and like kind of like references to something that we don't know anything about and so it's like what's going on here yeah so okay there's a knock at the door and it's lou mm. and mo wants to know what he's doing here now what are you doing here and doing here now <laughs> <laughs> I put that down as a quote. It's kind of scary music when he comes in. Mm. And then he asks if Mo has already paid her and gets himself a drink. Mm. And then Lou starts talking about Felicia. Mm-hmm. Mo says it's not right. Darlene <laughs> is confused, as are we all. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, is Darlene like supposed to be uh like reflective of our confusion <laughs> because she's like yeah. What's wrong? yeah like i feel like lou feels very otherworldly like he's just like some sort of yeah like uh, i don't even know just like yeah. almost like untouchable and kind of like i don't like uh it almost feels like mo is scared of him but like not in a way like he's gonna hurt me like oh there's nothing i can do now that he's here it Lou. was very wait oh mo yeah mo sorry. yeah i was confused <laughs> because like well even like the music makes it like feel uh, makes us feel like okay he's like yeah this is not a good thing that he's here and yeah. you know clearly he makes mo very stressed out yes he comes in he kind of takes over the scene and mo doesn't ever even really try to fight him i mean mm-hmm he, uh, Mar- Martine Mystique, an actress, was killed mm-hmm. this- and had the same birthday as Felicia, mm-hmm. who I think Felicia ends up being Mo's wife. Yes, we find who that we out. find out was murdered later. Yes. But Mo tells Lou about her last movie. So, mm-hmm. no, Mo's, okay. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think it matters, but... <laughs> they're kind of like happening. <laughs> yeah they're like talking back and forth and then they're also like it's almost like they're like trying to explain the situation to <laughs> um yes, darlene this is, yeah this is almost but both of the david lynch episodes are kind of almost like an extra and even the second one they're all like exercises in trying to figure out what is going on but they're kind of starting in the middle and they're just kind of yeah. like giving you little clues and it's like Okay. <laughs> By the end, you're like, I, I don't think, I don't know that I really got it, but I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Lou starts acting all creepy. I mean, he's been creepy from the beginning, but he's like, mm-hmm. he wants Darlene to do a cheer, which she obliges and does. And then she falls to the ground. <laughs> she seemed her. like she was like, <laughs> definitely like on drugs or something. She was very out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lou helps her up by her breast and undresses her. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. And Mo keeps hound dog like, I'm begging you, Lou. I'm begging you. (laughs) That was like such a David Lynch thing to me. Like the repeated things like it's not right. And I'm begging you, Lou. And that was like such a David Lynch thing to me. Yeah. And then we have the sound of a train and a close up on Mo as Lou and Marlene have sex in the bed. Because it's two yeah. single beds. I forgot. This room has two single beds. Yes. And he commented he asked, on it when they walked in. <laughs> I asked for a double bed and they gave me two singles. Yeah. Okay, so I guess then time passes. <laughs> <laughs> Mo is still on the bed and Lou and Marlene are laying side by side. Lou again, with his otherworldliness, seems to know things about her. Like, Mm. she had a baby young, and she tried to kill the 
baby's daddy and Mm -hmm. then he goes to the bathroom she seems upset (laughs) justifiably (laughs) (laughs) like i really feel like lou is like a bob you know like he's one of those yeah characters out of time or like a mike or whatever yeah he's like all-knowing sort of and kind of is like moves through everything like untouched unharmed like he doesn't care Yeah. Also, I like <laughs> if there ever was a signifier that this was in the 60s, it was like when uh Lou took off his pants and he was wearing basically like board shorts as underwear. They were so <laughs> long and so big. <laughs> it's like god, the 60s. Yeah, but other than that, you really wouldn't know that this is mm-hmm. in the 60s. Like it really No. Honestly, only the second one feels like it really has a time period. The third one Yes could be any time as well if they just yeah. wear different clothes or whatever yeah okay so okay so mo is upset he's saying that felicia was his wife this is where we find out mm-hmm. darlene wants to leave <laughs> mo is like yelling at her mm-hmm. and she's trying to leave and i oh i think lou is also you know trying to stop her yeah from leaving but then the maid comes in and she escapes <laughs> i wrote i'm confused <laughs> <laughs> well it was like a like i feel like he like mo got so angry it was weird because like up to this point you kind of have this feeling that like mo was like scared sort of and kind of intimidated by lou but then like darlene is confused by it and she's like what did like lou like sleep with your wife did she cheat on you with him or something and then he gets angry at that and basically is like do you think i'd ever let her sleep with someone like him and it's like i was like what does that mean mm-hmm. <laughs> are you scared of him or are you disgusted by him i don't know yeah 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 it's yeah it's like he's real but not real right okay okay she escapes or gets out of there whatever mm-hmm. I'm, oh i'm just having a thought okay i'll try try to remember me too. this <laughs> me too okay so Mo is now, I think, talking to Lou, and he says that he felt lucky once as a kid. Mm-hmm. He was delivering food, and the lady he delivered it to gave him a 20 instead of a 5 and let him keep the change. And then she put his hand on her breast and said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and while he's telling this story, Lou, it kind of looks like he's stealing his wallet, but he's actually, <laughs> I guess, planting his wallet on him. I guess him. so. And anyway, at the end of the story, he told the lady, you're welcome, and left. (laughs) (laughs) So then Lou puts on his jacket and hat. Mo stays. And he says, don't wait too long, Mo. Mm. And I guess Mo falls asleep because later we hear a loud knocking on the door. Mm -hmm. And it's the police. And we find out that Lou left his wallet in Mo's pocket. And mm-hmm. now they're arresting Mo for the murder of Felicia, and he doesn't understand. And neither, neither do we. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just thinking, what if Lou is like Bob, and he's like Leland, and he's yes, like his doppelganger? That's what I was going to say. Like that the evil conscience or whatever. Yeah, like what if like Lou represents like this kind of darker side of Mo, and yeah. That Lou is not like a real person. See, all it takes is a little discussion for me to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Which is interesting because Barry Gifford wrote Lost Mm. Highway. And I kind of feel like Mm. Lost Highway has very similar themes to that. So Ah, we'll we'll see when we get there. All tying together. All right. So that's the first episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the second episode is called Getting Rid of Robert. And Mm. it takes place in 1992. And yep. it looks so on the edge of 80s, like, <laughs> yeah. I I was just, like it's like so designing women. They look. Yes. So. It looks something. so much of its time period. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I think is the time that it actually was being filmed. Yes. Okay. Because it was released a year after. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so the bellboy shows a lady up to the room. <laughs> Sasha is her name. Mm-hmm. And we get the jazzy music. I guess I should have remembered that it was Angela. <laughs> if I'm commenting on jazzy music. <laughs> Sasha's That's the theme. one thing because it's a DVD. I had to like watch it and then give it to Christian. So it's been like a week and you know, I have the worst memory. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she gets a call from Tina who's coming up 
and she comes up with another woman, Diane. Mm-hmm. When Sasha comes in, she like takes off her jacket and her skirt, and she looks like she's still wearing another dress underneath, but I guess it's just like some sort of yeah. shapewear or something. I but... yeah. Well, I was <laughs> that's the, that was very confusing to me the, that part because she keeps her shoes on and they're like stiletto heels. And I was just kind of like eye rolling, like, okay, so realistically, she's going to come into this room and just take off her jacket and her outer skirt. Yeah. I wanted her, to give this one on. <laughs> every chance. Like, I wasn't going to say just because this well, is was... David Lynch. I'm not going to like mm-hmm. it. But the longer it went on, I was like, this is some male fantasy that yep. I'm just not down with. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was very excited, especially once I saw like young Mariska Hargitay, and especially like the way she kind of commanded the scene i was very excited to see where it was gonna go i love that time period but yeah it started off kind of funky (laughs) i mean it started off okay but i think as it went on i was like this is no yeah but we'll get into it so they order champagne and caviar and i'm like Mm -hmm. what kind of hotel are we at again i like, yeah, well, you can definitely kind of... It's getting uh, swankier over the years, unlike yeah. most hotels. <laughs> by this time, it's very much like a, like, uh, right by Central Park, very, like, upper class kind of, uh, you know. Still by the train station, though, because... Yeah. <laughs> but it's very much like... Usually okay. hotels start off at the peak of grandeur and then, mm. like, decline. This one seems to have gotten better and better as the decades progress. Right. <laughs> very interesting. So Tina is like, she bought a signed fireplace set at an auction or something. I was like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Well, she, uh, yeah, they were at Sotheby's, which for those who don't know, is like a very, it's like, a, they do a lot of like art auctions. It's very like luxury goods, like very expensive antiques. And so I don't know, it's some autographed fireplace kit from like the 1700s so i was like i don't who autographs the fireplace kit why are there i don't it It seems like weirdest thing yeah it seems like a (laughs) rich people foolishness where i was like who gives a fuck (laughs) yeah the way these ladies are talking they're just like talking about finding husbands and catching husbands and tina likes being single and none of them seem to have jobs but they all seem to be incredibly wealthy and I'm like, maybe this is just a whole another world that I am never been privy to, but this is like some nonsense. (laughs) Yeah, they seem like like socialites, almost like where they're like, maybe generationally wealthy and are just like, you know, can kind of do whatever they want, I guess. Right. Well, Sashi, Sashi. (laughs) (laughs) Sasha is telling them about Robert. Mm-hmm. who is like her boyfriend and she only sees him once a week he sleeps around on her she knows because she has the code to his voicemail which is so nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah when when uh tina and diane come in the room and she's like come on in i'm just checking like my, my uh my messages and she's on the phone <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> she clearly doesn't like robert very much no She actually has a new rich guy on the line named Tom Walsh, Mm -hmm. but her friends start whispering and they tell her that Tom and Gina Price just got married yesterday. Oh, and Sasha is very upset. I'm like, how do you not know this? But well, what was so crazy to me was like, she gets upset, even though they just met last week. And she was like, (laughs) He said he wanted to. He said he wanted me to have his children. I was like, "You guys met last week. Why are you upset? And why is he saying that to you?" He must say it to every girl. <laughs> I guess, but why? You are should you have take- just been like, "Okay, well, let's go get married right this second. <laughs> right, or just shut up and buy me a plane or whatever. <laughs> okay, then we find out that Tina Marishka Hargitay. Uh, yes, she secretly knew Robert years ago. No, I think it was. Um, I think it was Diane, the other lady, who knew. Well, I wrote down Tina secretly knew Robert years uh, ago, maybe it was so Tina. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like Diane and Sasha. Maybe Diane this... is Mariska. <laughs> no, she's the other one. Mariska okay. is Tina. Okay, she's the one who bought the fireplace set. No, that was Diane. Okay, oh, see, I wrote Tina wrote the bought the fireplace. Set. No, it was Diane. Well, I go <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> they, well, like to be and to be fair, they barely ever said their names. 
<laughs> so it was just like it's very easy to get mixed up in all their foolishness because they were all kind of the same person there wasn't very much complexity yeah. to their characters yeah well okay so anyway she secretly knew robert years ago robert mm-hmm. arrives the two ladies try to leave but sasha wants them to stay for five minutes weird yeah diane is clearly attracted to yes. robert and she leaves after giving him her number very suggestively, which is like, again, yeah, you're right in front of your friend. <laughs> well, and then she also like, they also like kiss on the lips, like right in front of her. I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh. anyway, and now she wants them to leave. <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. they he, Like she wants them to leave, but then he's like, let him stay for at least a glass of champagne. And then this is yeah. when, this is when like the male fantasy aspect of it kicks into high gear. Cause he's like a good looking guy with three beautiful women. What am I going to do? Or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, shut up. Oh my God. <laughs> the worst. They're so, I mean, so weird. Like none of these people are acting like real people to me. Exactly. Not that they did in the first episode either, but <laughs> yeah, it was a at different least... kind of not acting like a real people. <laughs> right. This is like, okay, I get what kind of not real person this is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as soon as they leave, Robert breaks up with her. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's got this jacket that is way too big for him. I'm like, Very. these women all are like dressed to the nines and you're just like, they look walk amazing. around this slubby jacket. <laughs> Yeah, they all look like insane. Like they look I know, beautiful, they look <laughs> gorgeous. And I feel like that's like one of my least favorite things about the 90s is that every guy's suit was like three sizes too big. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess it was a 90s thing. But still, very annoying. Okay, so Sasha is upset and says that she's she'll change for him. Ugh. But he says he's breaking up with her because she's not a nice person. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> I mean, I, she's not. She's but, not. Uh, <laughs> she then proceeds to hit him over the head with the fireplace poker that the girl who literally just bought it for however much at an auction left in the room. <laughs> yep. And I guess that was the only way the um, writer could figure out how to get a fireplace poker in the room. I guess. Because <laughs> he really just... wanted him to get smashed over the head with a fireplace poker. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so then the maid walks in on her. I guess a little bit of time passes. The maid walks in on her yes. dragging bloody Robert across the room. <laughs> She's like, what have you done? <laughs> and she, the maid tells her to call an ambulance, which she seems to do. Yeah. Then the maid leaves. And Robert is still like alive, but like kind of wounded, groggy. <laughs> Yeah, this part was weird to me because before the maid left, the maid was like, well, should I go get extra help or something? And they were like, no, 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 don't do it, whatever. Um, And then Sasha was like, what are you still, like, she got, like, hostile all of a sudden. She was like, what are you still doing here? And Robert was like, said something about her staying. And then, like, a few beats later, Sasha's like, again, like, what are you still doing here? And the maid was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> Get me away from me. Going to go call the police. Exactly. <laughs> Psychos. After she leaves, though, Sasha kisses Robert. And that's the end. And I said that one was like some weird male fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it was very odd. I didn't. I feel like that one, especially out of the three, like I didn't understand the story. I was like, what, are, what was the point of me watching this? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was like, just, it felt it weird. Was, it was weird. Okay, but now to the most substantial of these stories. Mm-hmm. Okay, blackout, 1936. So the bellboy is showing someone to their room in a blackout. And it is Crispin Glover, named Danny, and Alicia mm-hmm. Witt, Diane. Another Diane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, oh, I know. He's showing Crispin Glover. Alicia Witt's already in the room, and she's yes. got her hands over her eyes. Mm-hmm. And then she opens her eyes, and she says... She feels like she's sitting inside a Christmas tree. Mm hmm. Because there's and candles find... lit. <sighs> okay. I was like, I don't know. There's no way. <laughs> I don't know why it feels like that. To you. <laughs> they had like, there's like a bunch of candles in the room and they lit them all, I think. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> we find out they're from Oklahoma. 
Mm-hmm. And this never really comes back, but apparently everyone in New York City is terrified of being outside in a blackout because there's a lot of talk about how everyone's like, don't go on the street. And he was like getting Chinese food, which seems very strange for 1936. I mean, maybe not, but it just was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as there was a blackout, they were like shutting down the doors and be like, go home. Don't let anyone find you on the street. I was like, <laughs> well, I think the only blackout that I know about is the, I think it was in the seventies. And I think during that blackout was when like the sign of Sam murders happened. And so I think it's like, there's like a history of like blackouts happening and like lawlessness in New York city and mm. because you could do anything you wanted and it was dark or whatever. <laughs> it just seemed so weird <laughs> and unnecessarily yeah. heightened like especially because they never go outside and they're never even threatened right. to go outside <laughs> right and it's storming so it's like why would you go outside it's just well i don't know but there was a lot yes. of time spent on the fact that everyone is scared of the blackout <laughs> diane from the beginning we are she's like seems really kind of out of it like yeah where she just doesn't making a lot of sense and she's kind of sometimes she's like engaged and sometimes she's like you're looking at him like he's evil you know it's right. just like we find out she's going to see a doctor tomorrow they said she says that they've known each other for or they've been together for 17 years and i'm like um <laughs> you're like, like 22 years old <laughs> <right>? <laughs> when i heard that i was like both of you don't look like you're old enough to say that. <laughs> it was but a very odd comment. We find out later on, because this is definitely one of those, we don't know what's happening until the very mm-hmm. end, that they've known each other for 17 years, like since they were children, right. basically. What is the 30s in Oklahoma? So I, I would assume that basically it's like, whoever you're growing up around is probably who you're going to marry. Yeah. I mean, the 30s in Oklahoma... That's like dust bowl time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's extremely dark. I mean, it's very hard to see anything that's going on, it's, especially the quality yeah. is bad on top of it. So it's just like. Yeah. It's literally like there's candles around the room and that's the only light they're using to light the scene. So it's very it's dark. like this is why David Lynch will never release this is because he can't make the quality <laughs> as good as he wants it to be. Right. Right. <laughs> so she keeps asking about a Chinese doctor. Mm-hmm. But Danny is like, we're here to see Dr. Smith. He's not Chinese. Right. And she's like telling the story about lights and the lake. And a Chinese fish spoke to her and told her her fortune, which I have seen those like, you know, those fish that like fortune fish or whatever you like mm-hmm. put water on them or like the heat of your hand makes them oh, I know like, about these. bend in weird ways. We'll have to look for them. And when we go to North Carolina next time, because they're like, yeah prime junk shop (laughs) perfect (laughs) so okay the fish told her about their future six future children Mm -hmm. and then we find out that they did already have a child who died Mm. and it took me forever to figure out that she was calling him dan bug but i was like (laughs) danba danba is his name (laughs) yeah i couldn't really make it out either i was like all right nickname but he drowned in Lake Osage, which she called the Sea of Red, I think. Mm. And the other six children were are five fawns, five girls who look like mm. fawns. <laughs> and they're fine. The five fawns are fine. <laughs> <laughs> five fawns are fine. The girls who haven't been born yet, presumably. Right. And then we hear a story about Rinky Dink, who got hit by a car. <laughs> And I was like, the names in the series are out of control. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, rinky dink. (laughs) We got two Diane's, a Dan bug, rinky dink. It's just like craziness. Oh, and then there's another one coming up. But um, so she's telling the story of rinky dink getting hit by a car. Danny is upset by the Mm -hmm. story. And then Danny tells a story about Famine McCoy. (laughs) Famine. McCoy. Why, why <laughs> would you name your child after a natural disaster? Or not even a natural <laughs> disaster. Well, you know what I mean. And Famine reminded him <laughs> of Rinky Dink. <laughs> and then he tells a story about how they used a dead dog to get their oh, car God. out of a rut. And 
apparently people use this dead dog all the time for the exact same purpose. And it was like, what? What? Oklahoma. Okay, get it together. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, are you both here to see the doctor? (laughs) But actually, Diane and Danny do question the name Femme McCoy. So I was like, okay, at least they understand that it's a weird name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then I wrote, I wonder if this story of Famine's life is relevant. He got sick from being poked by something in the palmettos, which actually turned out to be he was bitten by a snake, but no one realized. And no, it's not relevant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then Diane looks very closely at the candle and carries it around the room. And then she throws it to the ground and collapses. (laughs) Luckily, nothing catches on fire. I know. It's the first thing I thought. (laughs) (laughs) She keeps covering her eyes like she was at the beginning. Then she starts insisting that she hasn't had a drink and didn't have one when he was away because he went to he was at World War One. Mm-hmm. I think he was stationed at the Red Sea, which is just mm. like getting all this stuff mixed up in her head. It's like pulling all these separate details and just putting some sort of story together with them. Yeah. So where am I? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, I didn't drink while you were away, and he's like. he's basically i think saying that he's here and he wasn't anywhere you know when it happened so he put uh the candle somehow magically appears back on the mantle (laughs) (laughs) of course (laughs) nitpicking but (laughs) (laughs) she kind of seems like she has no short-term memory or something yeah or like basically we find out just like a traumatic response i guess yeah but so the phone rings once that's the, the scariest phone ring I've heard in my life. <laughs> it's just like one time and it stops. And then it starts again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Danny answers, but there's no one there. Mm-hmm. And then it rings again. And the person on the other line asks for Diane. So she answers and says, yes, it's dark in here. <laughs> then she talks some more and she says that it was Dr. Smith on the phone checking to make sure they were okay during the blackout because blackouts and she seems happy and then passes out in his arms and i think this is where he puts her on the bed Mm -hmm. and she says that she wants to tell him more about the fawns Mm. they have names (laughs) thumb index (laughs) middle third and pinky (laughs) (laughs) Uh okay and then we find out the real truth of what happened Mm. basically they were down by the lake they were in an intimate way and Dan Bug got up and went in the water while they were having sex, basically. He didn't make any noise when it happened. And it was basically, it was like two years ago. Uh-huh. And after that, she couldn't get pregnant again. And someone told her that some people just weren't meant to have kids. Mm-hmm. And that got stuck in her head. And he feels useless. So I guess like maybe she's been slowly unraveling over two years. And probably the people mm-hmm. of Oklahoma were like, it's all your fault because probably blames moms. <laughs> of course. But let's like kind of kind of like a relief that they finally like she's acknowledging real life for a minute mm-hmm. and they kiss and the power comes back and they're happy and we fade to white. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that one was sad and hard to understand, but it was also the most compelling. <laughs> Yeah, that one was like the most like stagey to me because it was a lot of dialogue between two people and like kind of a lot of it was them sitting down. Um, But it wasn't the most like dramatic, but yeah, it had the most of a story that I was like getting invested in. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to figure out what happened. And at one point I was like trying to put different parts of the story together. And I was like, oh, maybe like she accidentally like hit the sun with a car because she was drunk or something and then maybe that's why she's like having this like traumatic response and always covering her eyes and right uh, but it doesn't seem like that's actually what happened it seems more like that's what people thought happened yeah because danny is like no this is what happened (laughs) right 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 right. i was there (laughs) right so i don't know it was definitely the most compelling of the three though yeah and in the end we get the 
production title card for Asymmetrical Productions, which looks like a very <laughs> David Lynch title card, but I've never heard of, of Asymmetrical Productions by him. Uh, maybe it didn't last very long. <laughs> he and moved that on to another is one. Hotel Room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what was your favorite part? <laughs> <laughs> I think, honestly, my favorite part was in the second episode and probably like because it was very much unintentionally funny to me but <laughs> after the maid comes in as like sort of like helping Robert and Sasha and Sasha's just like repeatedly being a bitch and is like <laughs> what are you doing here as she's like helping her like help him not bleed out uh-huh. which is so funny to me I was just like no wonder he wants to leave Sasha but also you're, you're both you're not nice <laughs> yeah you're and, and the fact that she was like you said I was not nice how could you say that to a person I was like, you're crazy. And you're both <laughs> you're both horrible people. And maybe you should Yeah. But yeah. That would maybe laugh and probably unintentionally, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I would say oh, goodness, my favorite part, basically the very end of the third episode where I'm like, Oh, I think I know what's going on and they kiss and like <laughs> it seems like a happy ending. So mm-hmm. I did like upon read talking about them figuring out the first one (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) but i didn't really love watching that one just because it was just kind of like kind of yeah it felt kind of like uh a little grimy and i think it was like one of those ones where it was like i can't really i don't have enough information to try and figure out what's going on and they kind of just info dumped at the end (laughs) i also really liked watching alicia witt Mm-hmm. because I feel like it reminded me of like her Dune performance. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we've, we watched Modern Persuasion, which was like a much more recent performance by her. And we will see her again in season three. Mm-hmm. But there's something about like a young Alicia Witt that is just so, she She's just like has that? this weird intensity that I just <laughs> really <Yeah>. appreciate. <laughs> well, I think she just has that kind of, she has this like quality to her performances where it's very like, gripping like you're like oh i kind of have feel like i have to pay attention because she's doing this like really cool stuff so yeah and chris Van glover was really good i thought they had really good oh yeah chemistry and you know i, I think, just yeah wish he was my favorite right out of all. <laughs> yeah yeah and i wish it kind of like maybe picked up the pace a little bit it was a little slow for me but i think chris yeah. Van glover was my favorite actor like performance out of all of them because he's like so good yeah he was really really good Okay. Any final thoughts on the episode? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad I watched it. I think it's all. I don't think it's ever a bad thing to ever like absorb a piece of David Lynch's work, even yeah, if I didn't really not. care for it that much. <laughs> I think there are definitely a lot of like bright spots in it, a lot of like really cool things, and I'm uh-huh. glad I got to see more Harry Dean Stanton and yeah, Alicia Witt and stuff like that. So. Yeah, like you said, I, it had a lot of potential, but I just don't think maybe it got enough treatment that it should have gotten. And yeah. I'm interested to see what these other, this, what is it, Room 107? I'm interested uh-huh. to see what that's going to be like. Yeah, I I was looking through David Lynch's IMDb the other day, and he, I mean, he's got a lot of like music videos and commercials and stuff, but just mm-hmm. looking through the IMDb... It really feels like he works best in really small format. Like, Mm. he's got his big movies, which are great. But, like, he just does so much, like, small shorts, you know? Yeah. Whether they're just a collection of shorts. I mean, we've already... We did four entire episodes of shorts. I mean, even to recently, he was doing the weather report every day which Mm -hmm. is like you know its own weird kind of like shorts (laughs) yeah Uh, which he stopped doing by the way it's sad but no maybe Maybe he'll go back to it maybe it's because he's busy making something i hope so i hope so but you know he's also like an artist so i feel like maybe that's why because you know he originally (laughs) wanted to bring Mm -hmm. his art to life right so uh you don't really need two hours to do that usually so right right i just think that this is an interesting kind of transitionary phase you know like yeah because this was like twin peaks yeah post twin peaks yeah 
And it's before he really starts doing any of the other movies. And yeah, it's kind of like him working out ideas. And it would have been, I believe I saw something about like originally they had like seven episodes planned, but they only ended up making three because I think they made three and then HBO was like, yeah, that's enough. (laughs) They didn't want to pursue. Yeah, I think there, yeah. I think there was just seeing like him working on Twin Peaks right before this. I just think maybe he was like, he had this idea and maybe he was trying to figure it out. You can kind of see it, him working out different ideas as it's going along. So maybe it just was something that was not ready at that time to be made. Totally. And I bet whatever ideas he had for other things might have been incorporated into future things. So yeah, I definitely think it was definitely worth watching. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to track down the DVD, I would say, yeah, it's not that expensive and it's worth watching, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I doubt we'll ever get it even on like YouTube or anything anything. because it will definitely never get on HBO. But (laughs) (laughs) unless somebody owns like the masters and can HD it and then maybe it will show up on some other release in the future. I don't know. But I don't think David Lynch himself is going to okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. It being released unless he can, you know, read up the quality of it up the quality at the very least. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say it's not essential David Lynch viewing. I think you're fine if you don't see it. But if you can see it, it's worth a shot giving it a watch. Definitely, definitely. And uh, yeah, I don't think we really have time to sort anyone. But I'll just sort uh, Mo and Lou as doppelgangers. <laughs> <laughs> they represent Gemini. <laughs> well, second time in a row <laughs> I don't know if Gemini is what I'd sort them as no. but definitely I sort them as like a Mike and Bob <laughs> yeah definitely definitely <laughs> so uh, I think that's it for this week next week I don't know if it'll be Sanditon or we might do room 107 mm-hmm. um, just as like a companion piece to this one and that's it. <laughs> yeah. But we will definitely be doing Sanditon very soon because I think yes. is it by the time this comes out, it'll be at least oh, first episode be. will be out. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to we're trying to do Sanditon very current, kind of keep it. Maybe Sanditon will have already come out. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. So we might be talking some foolishness, but either way, you'll be getting Sanditon stuff. You can never trust what we say is coming next anyway. Nope. So. <laughs> Yep. But you but, always uh, know what we intended when we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Good night. Bye. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersandmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one-minute voicemail on our website at mannersandmadness.com. And if you would like to support the show, you can... Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you prefer. We also have a donate button on our website, mannersandmadness.com. Yes. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye.